ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! Welcome on board the Ghost Train, the podcast that brings you right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. Before we get started with today's podcast, I want to thank all of the passengers on board with us here today, and I wouldn't be doing the show without any of you lovely listeners, so stay up to date with the Ghost Train podcast by following us on Instagram at Ghost Train Podcast, or Twitter at Ghost Train PC, or Facebook, search Ghost Train Podcast. This is where I post all the videos and pics that we talk about on the show, and I also share lots of interesting paranormal articles and also my own life events. This week is all about Haunted Toronto and who better to give us all a history lesson than Rowena from Toronto's Haunted Walk. She knows all of the Haunted Toronto history and she's also got the inside scoop on all the scary stories that have happened to her and her tour guides. Here we go. Next stop, Haunted Walk. All aboard! Rowena, welcome on board the Ghost Train podcast. Now you're a local Torontonian working as a brand development manager for the Haunted Walk here in Toronto. And you have a few ghost stories to share with all the passengers here on the GT. And I'll let you take it away. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's so tough to know where to start with ghost stories from Toronto because I have so many that I just really love getting to share. Well, I, I think like a lot of times people want to know about personal experiences that have happened to our staff. So maybe I'll start by talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we actually started giving tours up at Black Creek Pioneer Village. And that has proven to be one of the creepiest places we've ever gotten to give tours before. And I've worked in both our Kingston office and our Toronto office, and it is the scariest place I have ever been. Really? I had, well, I had a, actually, it was a caller, Lindsay, from a few episodes back. Uh, she was actually on her way after we had um, finished talking to go to, the, to uh, Pioneer Village to take part in a seance. Oh, that's us as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was so cool. And I was wondering if that would maybe cause more activity to start to uh, to stir up in that area. I, there's definitely some of our guides who think so, and we're very frightened that that would happen. I don't know if it if it officially did happen. The seance was a bit of a different event that we were running uh, last year, uh, most of the things that we do are more historically based ghost tours. That was a partnership event with a, a mentalist. So mm-hmm. it was a little different, a little more outside the realm of, of the normal. And our guides were not actually physically present in the building while it was going on. I don't they would just do a tour beforehand, leave them, wait outside on the porch, mm-hmm. and then bring them back again. Lock at up the when they're done. Lock exactly. it up when they're done. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's cool. But uh yeah, so you were sorry to interrupt you with that, but uh, I was just it just came to me and I was just thinking about it that 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 was also the haunted walk. So that's very cool that you guys are starting to kind of dabble into different areas other than just the the history of of the cities, which is still great, but it's also just a, a little bit of a taste of something different. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun to get to to try to do something and I I think we've got some fun plans in store for uh, a similarly themed event this year. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So <laughs> I, that, it's great that you bring that building up because that actually is one of the sites where 
one of the most interesting ghost encounters that we've had happen mm-hmm. occurred. And it's it's particularly interesting for me because I was there, but was not the one who was actually having the ghostly experience. Right. And before before you start, do the people that are taking you on the tours, are they, is this like your typical, like you're dressed, they're dressed in the in costume? Yeah, they dress all in black. Uh, at, at Black Creek, we'll often kind of go above and beyond and have more Victorian style clothing. Uh, and they wear black cloaks, they carry lanterns and, and lead you through the village. Yeah, because I've heard that that can also cause like more activity to start happening because I, I, I don't know, I guess maybe the the spirits that are there, they're seeing this person that's dressed similar to them and they, they might feel more comfortable to show themselves to them, perhaps, I don't know. Oh, maybe interesting. They, maybe they get confused themselves and not and aren't sure that that, that person is is re, like a, a real living person and not a spirit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to have to start keeping tabs on every time we have something happen up there and whether or not the guide was dressed in more old-fashioned clothing. Let's we'll yeah. do a yeah, bit yeah. of a study on this and see. Mm-hmm. Well, all of this is a really good segue into this story. Excellent. I love segues. Me too. <laughs> so one one evening, the the last tour of the evening had had headed out, and I was the person who was the on-site coordinator that evening. Mm-hmm. And another one of the guides had finished up, and, and she and I had decided we were going to go head to the far end of the village where the tours weren't and, and see if we could, you know, have anything spooky happen to us. But right. as we were planning to do this, a couple people came running up saying they were late for their tour. Because the village is dark and, and kind of hard to navigate if you haven't been there before, we decided we would walk them to the tour before heading over to one of the other buildings to go check out. And as we were walking along the main street, we were with this couple, we were chatting with them, we were trying to catch them up on what they had missed on the tour so far, when suddenly the guide who was with me said, do you see that? And I was looking around saying, "What what are you talking about? Up ahead of us walking further along the path toward the building where we actually did the seance last year, there was this figure of a woman in an old-fashioned kind of gray-blue dress. Now, I'm describing this based on what she told me because I didn't see anything. Really? Really. Wow. She's describing this and she's convinced that I'm messing with her because as someone who hasn't had a lot of paranormal experiences myself, uh, I often tend to be a little bit of a joker and and have fun with the the other guides on the staff. But when she asked if we saw it, uh, the man who was with us and the couple said that he did, but the woman said that she didn't. So there were two, four of us there, two of us could see it and two of us could not. And the other guide actually... crazy to me. Yeah. And at the time, Black Creek was doing some of its own more historically but darker themed tours of the village. So the other guide went running up ahead because she assumed it was just one of their staff members. And we have flashlights that we use there for safety reasons. So she had her flashlight and she was shining it, trying to make it so that the two of us who couldn't see her could see this woman. And there was literally nothing on the path to me except this other guide running along and she ran all the way to the door of the building and saw that the figure had disappeared inside but there was no one in sight there was no sign that there was anyone there at all oh my god <laughs> that's insane 
that is just so creepy. I, yeah, I it, to, was, no it was terrifying. <laughs> that's, and I um, wasn't even seeing anything. It was just scary because it was so weird that only two of the four people were actually seeing something. I think that kind of makes it, to me, just it makes it scarier because you can't see it, but these other people are seeing it. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just, that's, oh, really weird. And do you, did the other people that were, or I guess the people that were seeing the spirit, did they feel like they were more open to that, that world, the paranormal world? I don't know if we got too into detail in conversation with that, because shortly <laughs> after that, we had to turn and get them to their tour and, and pass them on to their tour guide. So we didn't get the chance to ask them too much. But yeah. I do think that one of them, the one who was seeing things, tended said that she that he tended to see things a little more frequently. Uh, and yeah. maybe maybe he was a little bit more open to it. So maybe yeah. that was the case. Oh, <laughs> that's nuts. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so you have your staff running all these tours. Do you have to deal with all the complaints that they have about these spirits? Like, who's the HR person for your team? <laughs> uh, a lot of the time it, it has been me. Uh, with my new role, I, I'm not sure if I'll get to be there each evening. But uh, <laughs> often they're doing multiple tours in an evening at the village. So mm-hmm. in in the first year that we were there, they would come back in between tours, and they were usually doing three tours a night. And sometimes they would come back just wide-eyed, waiting for all the customers to leave so they could tell me what had happened to them. They would tell me what had happened, say, I don't know if I can go back in there. And I would say, wow, that's quite the story. I can't believe that happened to you. Your next tour is starting in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You got that right. Oh, my (laughs) Yeah, there must go on. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, just make them just keep working them. Keep working them. Get the more <laughs> more stories out of them that way, I guess. <laughs> well, uh that well, that's pretty cool. So, do you have any other any other stories from from some of the staff members that they've told you, some of the more famous ones, I guess? Uh, another another one that happened in a similar area there, um, we, we were talking about uh, how our guides didn't actually go inside for the seance, but they actually sat on the porch in order to make sure that there's escape games that go on as well at the village in the evening. So they were making sure that if anyone tried to go into the building, they didn't disrupt, uh, and also being on site in case anyone felt that they needed to leave because they were scared. Right. And there's another person on the staff who's now our Toronto manager, her name is Jill, and she is another person like me who hadn't really had of a lot a lot of experiences. On the last night that we were running, last November, right? she called me from the porch, and she was asking me if there were any kids on the last tour that was out still running that evening. And I said, no, there's, there's no kids on that tour. Why? What's going on? And she told me that she could see the figure of a little boy by one of the other buildings not too far away. She was describing him to me in detail. She was talking me through it as she walked her way over and found that there was absolutely nobody standing there. Oh, my God. Anyone that listens to the ghost train, you know that I am terrified of ghost kids. They freak me out. Oh, that is nuts. So there's just nobody there. There was no one there. And one of the stories that we talk about frequently 
on our, our tours is of sightings of a little boy in that area of the village who's been seen ducking behind tour groups. He's been seen in the cemetery. People have felt him tugging on the back of their coats. Oh, my God. And like, does, does anyone have any idea of who this little boy could be? Like, the way that they describe him? Is there any, like, little kid that had passed away around that area? We have some guesses. Um, there, there's a cemetery on the property that is original to the site. And okay. there's a few of the buildings that are original as well. But a lot of the buildings have been brought in from elsewhere. So what we think is yeah. that maybe it's one of the people who's buried in the cemetery. There are several of those tombstones that are for young children. And based on the age and the clothing for the era that's described, we found that there was the grave of a, a little boy named Robert Frank Atkinson. He died just shy of his fifth birthday. And while we don't know too much about him aside from that, we find it pretty interesting uh, that he's, maybe the description kind of fits and the fact that he's buried in that area could could maybe suggest that it could be him who's uh, trying to get some attention in the village today. That's pretty creepy. Does so the buildings that were brought into the property are they were they just built for show or are they old buildings that have history to them as well that were brought there? They're all old buildings that were going to be demolished in their original locations. The majority of them date back to the mid 1800s. Because what I was thinking was that spirits could have been attached to those buildings, and in the move, they've had their spirits now moved with the building. It's true. Black Creek is a, a very interesting study of what maybe could be causing a ghost, because in some cases, like with this little boy, it could be a case that it's the land that the spirit is attached to. In other cases, it could be the building itself. Uh, there's a building that's in that side of the village called the Manse, and one of the people who's suspected to haunt it is a former reverend who would have lived in the building. Yeah, no, it's just so it's so crazy that uh, that this one piece of land in in Toronto is just so has so much heavy activity all around it, right? Yeah, the other thing that's interesting is a lot of the artifacts are not original to the buildings themselves. They're things that have been donated that are from similar time periods. So it also brings up the question of, is there something that's haunting certain objects? Is there a spirit who's clinging on to a particular item that's been brought into the building who has nothing to do with the building itself or the property? Oh yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's just got so much going on in it, and I think that's just so cool for uh, for that to be here. You know, we like, we have that here in Toronto, and we should be proud of that kind of stuff. But absolutely, uh, yeah, and, and I like how that how your company is doing the right way of showing it off, and and uh, yeah, really showcasing what we have to offer to the paranormal world because we're out there, right? And we're we're here. We we got a lot of history too. Like I was talking to some some people um, in the U.S. and and they were asking, what's the, what's going on? What's the scene like in Toronto? I'm like, it's booming, man. It is got like tons and tons of history here. And even if you go to the outskirt little areas, even those areas have tons of stuff going on. So it's uh, exciting exciting stuff for for people to come up and investigate and for people just to come up and learn about, right? Absolutely. I think one of my favorite parts of getting to do tours in Toronto, especially after having done them in Kingston, is that people don't really think that Toronto has any history. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, it's it's there. You just have to look for it. And oh yeah. It while they may have taken down a lot of the buildings over the the course of its history, it's still got so many stories to tell and we just scratched the surface of getting to tell them on our tours. Uh, I'm always excited when we learn something new and we get to share something with people that they've never heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So those are pretty wild stories about, about some of the people that, uh, that have been affected at your workplace by spirits. Do you want to just tell us some of some of the history that we were just talking about, how, how Toronto is so rich in the paranormal? Sure. When you're talking about ghost stories, you do kind of have to talk about some of the, the bigger historical events that have happened, because I think a lot of the, the different ghost stories that we share in Toronto can, can be tied back to different darker things that have happened in its past. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the biggest events that I think could have to do with some of the hauntings that, that we share on our tours uh, date back to the War of 1812 and the Battle of York, because at the mm-hmm. time, American troops decided that little old town of York, even though it was the capital, uh, was pretty defenseless and they wanted to take it over. So in April of 1813, they invaded and the British troops didn't really know what to do because they were outnumbered. There was no chance that they were going to win, even with their indigenous allies. So the major general said, all right, let's ignite our own gunpowder magazine and hightail it to Kingston. So a huge explosion happened, uh, and the American troops were livid at the time because that's not common courtesy in battle. So they buried mm-hmm. their dead and then went and took revenge on the town, burning a lot of buildings and pillaging from the residents. And I think that has led to a lot of different areas that are known to be haunted in the city, including Fort York, as well as the the exhibition grounds, which are both fairly famous haunted sites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to live down in Liberty Village, and I would always kind of go by uh, Fort York, and it is creepy. It's creepy at night, I'll tell you that much. It is, for sure. A lot of people walking in that area in the evening with Mm -hmm. their dogs or just enjoying a stroll at night will see figures of soldiers walking around the fort when the historic site is completely closed up for the evening. I'm not going to lie. I'd go down there with my dog sometimes and just try and see <laughs> the soldiers. I'd be like, all right. No luck. And I never saw one, but I always, I would always go. I was like, is that one? No, it's just another homeless guy. Okay, on to the next one. But, Sounds uh, like you yeah. have the same problem I do. You're, you're yeah. too keen to have it happen, so it just never will. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe not never. Knock on wood. Yeah, there we go. We knocked on it. There we go. There we go. We got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. So there's two spots that are very rich in history and have known sightings of, of spirits, right? Yes. So I know there, that, that the distillery district in Toronto has a lot of rich history to it as well. Is there any ghost stories that go on around there? Absolutely. That's one site where we do we do a lot of tours in, in the core of the city. And the distillery district is one site where we basically just focus the entire tour on the things that have happened there. Hmm. So there's a lot of different stories that come from there. A lot of the ghost sightings tie to one of the original founders of the site, James Wurtz. Okay. He settled there 
and started up the business in the early 1830s. And then his wife and child passed away during childbirth. Hmm. Two weeks later, he was found at the bottom of the well on the property. It's suspected that it was from his own grief. So he, he made that decision himself, but no one knows for sure. But almost ever since, they've seen the figure of a man in old-fashioned clothing wandering the site. And he's not a, a negative presence. He's just kind of a, a watchful presence who sort of seems to be kind of curious as to what's going on. So a lot hmm. of people suspect that this man and this, this presence that they feel could be James Ward's. And maybe he's lingering on watching over the business that he left behind. Wow. And when did people start to document that they were seeing this man? The main documenting of it seemed to start in the 1990s. This was after they had shut down the distillery as an operational business. And that's when a lot of film crews started to come in because it was this beautiful Victorian site. Uh, at the time, it was a little run down, but it was abandoned. So it was a perfect place to use to film different movies. And oh, yeah. people would note that they would see this man wandering around. They would have workers up on the rooftops who would look down and see someone wandering around. And the area should not have had anyone in it. Because, hmm. yeah, like I was going to say that whenever there's some sort of change with with like a building or someone's home, if they start doing renovations on their property, it seems like that kind of escalates some of the activity. It may not, like, it's not, doesn't mean it's going to be a bad thing, but if he's just showing himself now, it, it might just be his curiosity because at that time there was a bit, a very big change for the distillery. And then now, even now, now you'd think with all the foot traffic that's down there and, and all the shops and everything that's kind of really the restaurants, everything in that area is really booming now. So that would, that's another change where you might see some more sightings of this, of this gentleman. Absolutely. I imagine that if James Edwards is lingering around, he's very confused because it looks very different from oh. when he was there. The Absolutely. lake used to be right up to the edge of the distillery, but over time I, I it's been pushed imagine. back. <laughs> I can't even imagine that now. That's so strange, right? That's crazy. So what would you say is your number one Toronto ghost story? Something that just sticks with you and you're like, that's my favorite ghost story about Toronto. Do you have one? Mm, it's so tough. There's so many great ghost stories that we get to share. But I have to say, and, and I think it's partially just because he's one of my favorite historical figures in Toronto's history. Uh, mm. Mackenzie House is um, probably my favorite location. Yeah. Just because I love William Lyon Mackenzie. <laughs> He's such a fiery and interesting figure who did so much for the mm -hmm. city of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a story that's resonated for so many years now. It's been told again and again, and there's still, still different stories that come up to this day. And it's another one of the sites that we get the opportunity to go inside at select times of year. So mm -hmm. it's always such an exciting place because we do have things that happen there as well. Mm. What kind of things uh, have happened at that at that location? Well, in a nutshell, uh, the the story there has to do with two different ghosts. So after uh, William Lyon Mackenzie died, the the house changed hands multiple times, but they started turning it into a museum in the 1950s into the 1960s, and mm. there were a family of caretakers there 
And they started having all of these crazy experiences while living there. And they lived up up top and, and took care of the museum. One night, the the woman, Mrs. Edmonds, woke up and there was this figure hanging down above her like a shadow. This woman had long, dark hair. And mm-hmm. she had seen her before this. But on this particular night, Mrs. Edmonds was feeling a little brave and decided to sit up in bed. Oh. And then she got slapped across the face. Then the ghost vanished before her eyes. At that point, Mrs. Edmonds woke up her husband. She had a welt on her face, which later turned into a purple swollen eye. And that's pretty much when they decided they didn't want to be the caretakers there anymore. Shit. That's insane. (laughs) To be physically attacked uh, (laughs) like that by a ghost is just nuts, right? Yeah, one of the other little fun trivia facts about it is it's one of the few sites that's had actual mention of a ghost in an official government document. When the building was handed over to the city of Toronto, they had a line item of what was included with the house that said one ghost exercised. (laughs) Are you kidding? Not at all. There's only the only <laughs> other awesome. the only other one in Toronto that I'm aware of is a, a plaque on the Toronto Islands for the Gibraltar Point Lighthouse that talks about the ghost that's said to haunt that site. Oh my God, the lighthouse! That is one of the most haunted places in Canada. I feel it's definitely it's, up there. It's got to be like in the top top ten at least, right? I would say it's it's definitely known for being quite a haunted site because you don't get access to it aside from, uh, I think, during doors open from time to time. They'll have tours where you can go up inside, but otherwise you can only peer at it from outside. And I'm one of the people who's walking around hoping maybe I'll see something. But again, <laughs> if you hope too hard, it doesn't <laughs> seem to happen. does not. It doesn't work. But like that that location, I remember growing up hearing about it, reading about that lighthouse. And also I remember CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, they had their own like little haunted history episodes that they would air from time to time. And I remember them doing a, a show dedicated to to that lighthouse. So, yeah, no, there's there's all this history here. The other one that I wanted to ask you about before we go, before we wrap up here, um, is the Keg Mansion. I know that that may not be in your tours, but have you ever been? I have. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little too far to walk on, on any of our tours, but I do know the ghost story and have, have definitely been for the food and in hopes again of seeing yeah. something spooky. Yeah. Oh, man. That should be like the, the end location at some point. End at the Keg Mansion. <laughs> have a nice big steak. But uh, the, uh, the the marathon tour where we go for a super long <laughs> know, walk. Way too far. <laughs> What's coming up for the haunted walk? Because you kind of had had uh, kind of gave us a few little little Easter eggs that you might have some big news coming up. Do you have anything that you wanted to announce or any events coming up in the near future? Well, uh, we're into our spring season now, and the weather is finally looking like it might be spring so uh, it means that we're getting into full gear we're increasing our schedule of our original haunted walk uh, which includes Mackenzie house as I talked about the distillery uh, we usually have a tour 
of the University of Toronto that we joke is our pumpkin spice of tours because it only shows up in the fall and then goes away again. But this year we're actually running it from the spring right through to the fall. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of haunted history there, too, right? Oh, yeah. We're pretty excited to get to tour there a little more frequently. We're back up at Black Creek starting in June, and we're hoping to have our new exciting event uh, that'll take place at the Halfway House building there starting up in August. But details on that are still to come. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Keep us waiting. All right, Rowena, thank you so much for being on board the ghost train and giving us a little bit of a history lesson on the Toronto ghost scene. I look forward to seeing you on a haunted walk very soon. We look forward to seeing you out as well, and thanks so much for having me. Anytime. Huge thanks to Rowena and the entire Haunted Walk team. Do yourself a favor and check out their podcast, Haunted Talks, for more creepy Canadian stories. And if you're visiting Kingston, Ottawa, or Toronto this summer, I don't know, maybe you're in town to see the NBA Finals between the Raps and the Golden State Warriors. In between games, book yourself a tour, and trust me, you won't be disappointed. They do a tremendous job. Okay, next week, Lisa, the owner of the Haunted Pink Cadillac Boutique, is back on board the GT Podcast, and things are getting spookier and weirder for her, if that was even possible. Download it and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You don't want to miss this one. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to share the Ghost Train Podcast with someone that loves to get spooked. They'll thank you for it. I know they will. Until the next week, good luck sleeping tonight.